travel today. Sally Lucas is with us. Now we're going to head over to the other half of the world and enjoy a little bit of France, the northwest of France to be precise. We'll also travel around some fun festivals in Oz. Time to talk travel with Sally Lucas. And Sally, we can't keep you away from France, can we, for too long? No, I had a bit of a hankering and I was looking through my library of books at home and I found my book I love on France with little dog-eared bits pieces through it and I thought well you know we are going to be able to see the rest of the world eventually again so I thought it'd just be nice just to sort of go back over a a little part of France that that I did quite love and it's not an area that I guess a lot of Australians I don't think go to that well not in my experience anyhow of of working with customers Um, but it's the Brittany Normandy area of the Atlantic coast there of course which is quite dramatic and the beautiful little town of Saint-Malo which is in Brittany and it's a walled city and apparently it was the birthplace of many explorers and privateers but also it was um, they think the um, actual location where it is, which goes back apparently the first settlement to the first century BCE, was chosen by monks fleeing Wales in the 6th century. And one of those monks was named Maclou, and then he was later canonised as Saint-Malo. So that's where it got its name from. But apparently Chateaubriand came from there and Jacques Cartier, who, who sailed there from Saint-Malo to the New World um, in 1534, where he explored Newfoundland, Prince Edward Island and the St. Lawrence River, which eventually became known as Montreal and Quebec City. And he used the Iroquois word of Kanata, which meant group of houses to describe the Quebec City settlement, and it's therefore credited in naming the country Canada, Canada. from yeah, Canada. So some interesting people came from San Malo, and it is a beautiful walled village, but it was extremely badly attacked during the war, the Germans just before they actually um, lost the war. And so it has been painstakingly restored. You wouldn't think it had been done in the 20th century. So they've gone back over all the old plans and replicated everything to the nth degree. And it is a beautiful little town. But also, you of course, adjacent to Normandy, where you can go to the D-Day beaches and experience Omaha, etc. there, which is really quite an ex- it is quite an experience. And also Bayeux, which has the famous Bayeux pas- uh, I can't count my word out, tapestry, which goes back to the 12th century, which is quite remarkable. And then, of course, who could forget Mont Saint-Michel? I mean, that little island of Mont Saint-Michel, which is now joined, you know, to the mainland, of course, is just the most remarkable piece of architecture. If you've never been to Mont Saint-Michel, it should be a must. I mean, it gets very busy, of course, in, in the peak tourist months when you're going there. So, if when you do get back to travelling again, try and choose a time not in the peak season if you can. And also now, the old days, you could actually drive across the causeway and park there, but you can't do that anymore. They've made it, it was getting so popular that the car park is now on, on the actual mainland and then they run a, a shuttle across to Mont Saint-Michel. Because the actual roads on Mont Saint-Michel are pretty narrow. Oh, they, yes, they are you very don't narrow. Want to have modern tourism traffic there. No, no. Well, you weren't ever allowed to actually drive through the town, but you could park there, whereas now you actually... The park, car parking wasn't big enough to cater, really. So, And, of course, with buses coming in, they couldn't have coaches going over there. So this is the way they've done it now. I mean, it's a lot of steps and it's steep, but oh, some of the, the actual interiors of 
parts of the you know the abbey and everything there are just astounding and you can easily get there by train which is what we did we were trained and then we hired a car to you know to tour around whilst we were there and then we ducked off to the Loire Valley and that was beautiful as well of course it's so many chateaus in the Loire Valley that you you just can't go wanting for a chateau. You'll, there's one round every corner, but you know it's it is a beautiful part of France. And that Atlantic coast has got some of the hugest oysters in the world. It's where um, Manu Feldel came from this area, and he often raves about you know he, he you know, reminisces about these huge oysters that you get and the incredible tide. This is massive. Like we get them in the north of Australia too, but they get it there on that Atlantic coast where you could walk out for ages. The tide goes way out, so it is a really special. Place part of France and let's hope that we'll be getting back there again one day. We're talking travel on Tour Noir FM. Sally Lucas, who doesn't love a festival? Who doesn't? And after a year of uh, major events being cancelled or drastically scaled back, big festivals are back and so we can now go and some of them are weird and wacky and fun and some are all sorts. We talked in the last couple of weeks about the Dark Mofo, which is in Hobart, 16 to 22 June. And, of course, it's a huge it's a huge boom, tourist boom for, for Tasmania. Um, in 2019, they had over 25,000 interstate visitors came down for it. So, you know, let's hope it'll slowly build back up again for them as well. Um, you've got the Parks Elvis Festival, which is on in January every year from the 5th to the 9th, and that's quite a fun thing to do and I know some a few people that have gone to it and they go every year it's amazing um you've got the big red bash in the Simpson Desert and it's uh, the most remote music festival on the planet and takes past place in the world's largest sand dune desert so that's um 35 k's out of Birdsville on an ancient dried up bed lake that forms a natural amphitheatre and you get people there like Paul Kelly, Ian Moss, Tim Finn, John Williamson, Kate Sobrano. All the big names. So that's quite fantastic, Mm. isn't it? Um, They've got a lovely uh, light festival um, that they have in Alice Springs too. Now next year this will be the 8th to the 17th of April and of course it's such a wonderful place to have it on the backdrop of the McDonnell Ranges and that's a 10-day festival and it's the world's only Indigenous Festival of Light so that's really quite remarkable and apparently um, on the GAN if they do it again next year in the past have had an onboard light installation in one of its carriages to give passengers a taste of things to come. Um, In May next year you'll have the Ord River Muster in Kununurra and that's been Got on for quite some time now, which is really great as well. Um, and you've got everything from rodeo to fine dining, from comedy, uh, etc. Um, they have visitors there. In, in the past, they've had Princess Anne and John Farnham plant trees there. And uh, next year, it's Jessica Malboy will be there as well. In Broome, you've got the Shinju Matsuri Festival, which is August 22nd to September 5. And that's, of course, celebrating Broome's multicultural pearling heritage and they have all sorts of wonderful things like a dragon-led parade, parade uh, glowing lanterns floating into the sunset off the water and, of course, it's in time with the August staircase to the moon as well. So you get that into it as well, which is lovely. Vivid Sydney, as we know, has been promoted recently and that's on in August and, of course, every year you get these wonderful projections being on different landmarks, uh, light projections. You've got the Birdsville Races as well, um, which is on and September 3rd and 4th. Um, Broken Heel, the Broken Heel Festival, of course, that is 
the really fantastic queen of the desert type who everyone puts on their feathers and sequins and centres around that wonderful old palace hotel. There's some quite wonderful experiences there and stage shows. And then on a more serious note, though, let's hope uh, the race that stops the nation is the Melbourne Cup carnival which is on in november i'd also like to mention jane too one that i've been to a couple of times which is also fantastic is the darwin festival and it's been going now for i think over 40 years and it's on from the 5th to the 22nd of august and it's on you know throughout their park area around the gardens etc close to the darwin city area and you get so many incredible artists there like we've seen some amazing people amazing comedians acts you get this year they're having the also the national indigenous music awards are being held the opera carmen's going up there hannah gadsby's going up there Uh, the human circus called pulse the sydney dance company um, darwin symphony orchestra and lots of other theatre, you know, presentations, dance, comedians, bands, etc. So you've got to book early, though, and accommodation is at a premium too. So if you're thinking of doing it, you really want to get onto it. But look, that's the same with anything at the moment, Jane, really. It's, it's a book early. You can't just, you know, rock up anymore the way things are in Australia. We, we are all travelling in our own country now. So you do really have to make sure that if you want to see something and do it specifically, make sure you get in early and make your bookings. Your station too and your RFM and we are talking travel. Sally Lucas finding the hot deals at the moment in the current travel marketplace. This is a lovely one, Jane. This is a rail journey, Perth to Darwin, 14 days, three destinations, um, dates available June to November this year. And it starts at around about 6500 per person and they've got a savings uh, limited time. If you book five nights or more on any of the holidays with this company, they will give you a reduction of $200 per person. Now, this starts in Perth. You get a night there and then you hop on the, the um, Indian Pacific, of course, and you go to now. Uh, via Kalgoorlie where you get off and have an excursion there and they also stop on the Nullarbor at Cook and then you head across to Adelaide. They have four nights in Adelaide and you get inclusions like a Barossa Valley tour there, a morning tour of Adelaide and then of course you go to Kangaroo Island and you do an extensive touring there with one night's accommodation and two days on Kangaroo Island. Then you come back to Adelaide again before you board the GAN and of course you have stop and have breakfast at sunrise Marla on the way out. What a wonderful experience that is. Alice Springs, of course, uh, you, you you get off the train again there. Um, Catherine as well, and then eventually through to Darwin, where you have three nights in Darwin, including a day trip from Darwin into Kakadu National Park. So I think that's quite a, a lovely journey to do that isn't it it? so that's fantastic Um, we were just talking off air about Queensland and Outback Queensland Jane and I and funnily enough I've got one here it's a six-day Outback holiday called Unleash Long Reach so this is a tour that does Long Reach and Winton etc and you actually go onto a station as well with a family guide and have experience on an actual Outback station you go to a a light picture show Cobbin Coast Stage Coast experience Winton Discovery Day Tour with the Australian Age of Dinosaurs Museum wow. etc <laughs> yeah so uh, entry to the Australian Stockman's Hall of Fame the Qantas Founders Museum etc and includes all breakfast three dinners three three lunches fully escorted and this goes from June to October this year as well for a bit over 2000 and there's another one doing Lake Eyre or its um, um, indigenous name Katitanda and it's doing Birdsville 
which mm. we were mentioning as well. So it's a Lake Air in Birdsville. It's 19 to 21 August. It's just a three-day tour. It's a small group plane holiday, airplane holiday, with just seven passengers plus your your pilot, etc. And, of course, you're having this wonderful experience, of course, of seeing Lake Air the way it will be and also includes meals, flights and accommodation. So that's a small group luxury tour, which is available. And then Norfolk, which is a lovely of course, destination as well as we know. This is an escorted small group tour, the 22nd of October. And again, lots of inclusions, the Commandant's Dinner, you go to Colin McCulloch's home, uh, lots of inclusions, seven nights at the Cumberland Resort, return flights from um, Sydney, a breakfast bushwalk, an island fish feast, a progressive dinner, all sorts of lovely inclusions, and that's from under $3,000. And as I said, don't forget the Darwin Festival. And there is a little three-night package for the opening weekend, the 4th to the 7th of of August available and you can extend onto that package if you so wish and that starts from under $500 per person for that three night opening of the Darwin Festival. Oh, so look, there's lots out there to do. Somewhere warm sounds very good at the moment. It does, does, it? especially after yesterday. My yeah. God, it was cold yesterday. Yes, indeed. Yes. Well, thank you, Sally Lucas. Thanks, Jane. And we'll talk travel again next Friday after the one o'clock news on 2NURFM.